You are listening to the Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. In every episode, our goal is to help, inspire, and celebrate authors' journey to publication by reading and critiquing query letters and tackle a writing topic we hope you find helpful. Welcome to the show, Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. We are Angela and Ken, critique partners in real life and your hosts. We have new episodes dropping every other Wednesday. Now let's get to it. Okay, welcome back to Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. Hey, Ken, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Um, I'm recovering. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I uh, am not drinking tonight. <laughs> I drank yesterday, so I'm having water. <laughs> nice. Got to rehydrate. <laughs> yes, I got to rehydrate. Got to go to work tomorrow. So what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Makers 46 and Pepsi right now. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're feeling better. Last time we know you had a pretty bad migraine. so I did. I was feeling yes. like dog shit. So. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I am um, pretty beat. I was at the beach all day, so I'm tired. I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> yep and it was finally hot but it was a nice day but <laughs> yeah well at least you enjoyed yourself i'm sure yeah too much i think but anyway yeah. <laughs> well anyway welcome back guys um uh, we have a fun episode we think will be fun for you guys uh we do have a query letter so i'm gonna get right into that uh, we have an off an author let me grab it his name is uh jack rogers Jack Rogers sent me his uh, query this morning. And so I've been looking over it. So we're going to go dive into that. We're going to do our query and then we're going to invite uh, our guest. Nice. So, yeah. So let me go get right into this and see if we can help Jack here. So we're going to get right into it. All right. Dear agent, I hope this message finds you well. I am seeking representation for my debut novel, Redacted an epic fantasy built upon a disastrous invasion that shatters the otherwise tranquil lives of our ensemble cast. Having seen the kind of work you are looking for, I think or hope that I have something that will appeal to you. Is it epic fantasy? I'm sorry. Yeah. Is it epic fantasy, adventure, family saga, thriller, horror, folklore, love story? I believe it is all of these and maybe more. Life in the coastal enclave of, I hope I'm saying this right, I'm sorry if I get it wrong, Beauregard is about to rupture and shatter as invading enemy forces arrive and a fabled childhood nightmare comes to life. The arduous journey from devastation to salvation fragments families and forges new friendships with uncertainty over who will emerge to drive back the invaders and the ravenous skulkers. Karis, the aging school mistress who keeps a broad sword in the stationary cupboard. Reina, exiled from her family for the unnatural new abilities she is displaying. Valorius Lord Trago, if only he could conquer his own personal addictions. The combined genius of a schoolyard of underestimated children or the ingenuity of cunning but duplicitous Arn and his band of smugglers. I have aimed for wide appeal with a host of strong characters spanning genders, ages, and backgrounds. Everyone should find someone or something relatable in Redacted. 
My format defying choose your own protagonist saga is told not from the perspective of any of these characters, but is narrated through the words of an omniscient voice, casting fresh perspective over their intertwining journeys. But even this all-seeing eye remains unable to answer some questions. Who is the fabled mother, if she even exists? Why are tendrils of ancient mythical powers creeping into existence? Who is the father of the baby in Raina's womb? And can the splinter tribes really be united by a merging of bloodlines? Please note that these are genuinely and intentionally unanswered questions in the narrative. I am not being deliberately elusive just to incite you to continue your review. The past of these characters intertwine and detach along the way with faith, guilt, addiction, betrayal, grief, war, and love all being called into question in the process. Away from my fantasy world, I live in Norfolk, England with my wife and three young daughters. While I have written on and off for as long as I can remember, this is my first complete novel. I have drawn inspiration from history and traditional stories, myths, and legends local to my home, nor, nor folklore, perhaps, if the term has not already been coined, as well as from my own literary preferences. My style has conceivably been influenced by my love of Pratchett's Discworld, uh, Discworld and the works of Douglas Adams during my formative years and the conniving skull diggery and witticism that I have tried to imbue in my characters stem from my appreciation of Scott Lynch's Gentleman Bastards sequence. I hope you have time to enjoy reading my work with which I am aimed to bring a fresh approach along with some lovable, some hateable, and some truly relatable characters to adventure with in the world that I am building. I believe it will appeal to a wide range of fantasy fiction lovers, and my intention is for Redacted to be the introductory chronicle to a wider series. The atmosphere is dark in places with injections of humor, but I was eager not to make any part overly gory or explicit, allowing the book to appeal to younger audiences as well as older ones. Please see attached for a one-page synopsis in the first three chapters of my manuscript for your perusal. I am conscious that the inciting events of my take of my tale do not occur until chapters seven to nine. So if you are two minds and would be open to considering more, I would very much recommend completing chapters nine before making any firm decision. Thank you for your consideration. I look forward to hearing from you. Sincerely, Jack Rogers. The word count for redacted is approximately 186,000 words. I appreciate that this is lengthy, but it is comparable to the, to the sort of books that I would love for my story to one day sit alongside. Lynch's The Lies of Locke Lamora runs uh, 191,000 words. Roth uses The Name of the Wind and Brett's The Painted Man are both around the 250,000 mark. It is also my dream to see my work adapted for screen in the future. Hey, writer friends, querying is hard and putting together a query letter is even harder. We want to help. Send us your query letter and first three pages to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com. And we'll read your query on air and give feedback on your first pages. And don't forget to tell us where we can find you on social media so we can share it with all our listeners. We want to help, inspire, and celebrate with you on your writing journey. Now back to the show. So um there's there's a lot here um jack you this query i believe is over 700 words Ooh. so that's pretty long i would condense this 
And the reason why um, agents ask for like 250 to like 320 around that mark is because they're reading queries all day long, hundreds, hundreds, and they want to get to it quick. Okay. And yeah. half the time they're making their, their decision pretty quickly. So you have this lengthy um, query that's too bogged down with details that they don't really need. They're going to pass. So what, what the query letter needs to do is really condense down your book to, to, to about 300, you know, 320 words if you can, and really get to the meat of what it's about. So one of my, uh, one of the things that I noticed while reading your query letter was um, you do say that it's an epic fantasy, but I don't know if that's adult. I don't know if it's young adult. I don't know. Um, I think it's great that it's epic fantasy, but I think we need to, I know you have a line there that you think will appeal to younger readers as well as older readers, but that's not really going to help the agent figure out where your book's going to go on the shelf. So you yeah. really need to let them know, is this adult? Is this young adult? I'm going to go just by reading off the few pages that you sent that it's probably adult, but you really need to put that, okay? And also the reason why you want to put that is um, if you're querying an agent who doesn't um, agent for adult, maybe they're looking for just young adult. If they see that adult on there, then they're going to pass. So you just, you really need to have that on there. So that was one thing that I caught on um, right off the bat. Just, uh, with the, I mean, as well as it being too long. Um, one of the things that um, I, I understand that you're doing an omniscient uh, narrator. Um, my um, my advice is to think about George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones. So he had multiple points of views, but what he did was he broke down those points of view by chapter so that you were in, you know, Tyrion's point of view or Arya's point of view. Um, and by reading the few pages that you sent, um, you kind of have us going into different point of views and we're just kind of like hopping along in that first chapter. So I would suggest maybe breaking down the chapters by character. And you can even do what George R. R. Martin did, did was he each chapter started, the title was the name of that character. So that the reader knows immediately whose mind they're in when they start reading. Otherwise, they're going to be like, you know, who's, who's the main character that I need to focus on in this chapter? And that's why it's really important um, for your reader. Otherwise, they're going to get kind of confused and they might not want to keep reading because it's it can be a bit confusing. Um, so I would suggest definitely breaking down those chapters by character. Um, also, I noticed um, also in your first few pages, you didn't have a lot of... Um, uh, internal monologue like there wasn't a lot I think you had one line in italics for the teacher but even though you're omniscient you, we still want to hear what the character is thinking we still want to know their thoughts on things that are happening um, not just what they're doing like moving across the room or opening a window and hailing the breeze that the teacher does we want to know her thoughts why is she doing that? Why is she doing all of those things instead of just sort of watching her 
by the narrator, I want to know what she's thinking inside because that's how we relate to the character. So I did notice that your those first few pages were missing that sort of internal um, introspection. That, yes, thank you, yeah. Ken. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, I would probably go back um, and restructure this and go back and see um, in chapter one. Who is that main character that you want that chapter one to be told by? So even though, like I said, it's omniscient, we still got to have that one character. We still got to need to know who is it that we're reading about in that, those first, that first chapter. Going back to the query letter, um, I would suggest taking out a lot of that world building. You have a lot of world building in here. And the reason why it's not, I mean, world building is important, but what's more important is the plot, the story. What is the story about? The world building is going to like, that's like, I don't know, like the cherry on top that the readers will discover when they get into this, to the book. But yeah. you want to draw them in by the story. You want to draw them in by your characters. Sounds like you have some really great, cool characters here. Um, Karis, Reina, the Lord Trago. Um, I would focus your query letter on if you want to focus on those three or maybe one and figure out um, what is it that that because each one of those characters is going to have a plot. They're going to have like a like a, um, a desire a plot, something that I'm assuming further down the road, your characters are all going to meet up. And somehow um, take down this enemy. I'm, I'm just assuming kind of what's going off of what you wrote. But I would keep that query letter on maybe one or two characters and focus on that to really show the agent what the story is about. Because right now I'm not getting that. I'm not really, I'm getting a lot of world building, which sounds really great. Um, I'm getting a lot of like, um, I don't know, you trying to explain to the agent why you're writing it the way you wrote. But there's not much here about what the story is about. So I'm a bit confused. And I'm sure that an agent's going to be confused as well. 100%. So, my, yeah, my recommendation is to maybe go back to your pages and um, make sure that you have a clear point of view in each chapter so that the reader can understand and the agent can understand. Because even going back and reading these first few pages, I was kind of confused of who this, who was talking, what was happening. Um, there was a lot of like the narrator telling me stuff, but I didn't know who, you know what I mean? Like just that one main character. Also, your comps are a little dated. Um, those comps are pretty old. You definitely want to, um, get newer comps. And the reason why is because when you, um, the note that you gave at the end about why your book was so lengthy, because you kind of like took on, um, like your favorites. Um, and we'll see, where is that? Where was that at? Um, yeah, the lynches, the lies at Lachlamora. And um, the rough uses, the name of the wind, the painted man, those are established writers. So they have established readers, which is why they get to write those big giant books. Because 
the publisher and the agent knows that they are going to have people that read their stuff because they already have a fan base. As a debut author, you don't have that. You don't have that. Also, yet. let me step in real quick. Uh, those books were also those authors' debuts, but they're also the exception, not the rule. Like, yes, they're, you know what I mean. Those were their debut novels, but you know they're super good. Like they're you know the best of the best. You know what I mean? Like they're they're yeah. the exception, not the rule. Is the basic gist of it? You know? Yeah, but I would imagine that back then it was probably a little different. The rules yeah, have changed. Oh five, oh six. Yeah. Yeah. So the rules have definitely changed today. Agents are looking more for, that's why they have this word count range that you need to, I mean, if you can get it down to like 100,000, I think you'd probably be all right, honestly. I mean, you're not that far. Only I like think even if you stray over a little bit, you'd be okay too. Like, yeah. As long as it's within like 125-ish, I think you'll be okay for fantasy, especially for epic yeah. fantasy. But 186,000 is way too much for a debut author. Um, today. With, for to yeah. yes for today yes. Yeah. so i would and i would try to find newer comps really try to find newer comps that they can put your book next to and there's a lot of great um fantasy books out there that you can i mean i don't know i don't know i can't think of any of the top of my head i'll say brandon sanderson but he's kind of like you know he's a big he's releasing name. books this year but yes yeah, yeah he's a big name in the industry though <laughs> You know, yes. <laughs> so I'd probably find somebody that's not like that big, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. got his whole, you know, he has a whole what? reader base. But what? anyway, um, let me see what there's anything else that you wanted to add. Oh, I did want to say um um one of the the I always give this example and I even even told Ken as well. Um, the best example of how to put in your world building in your query letter is by reading the back jacket of Hunger Games. Yeah. Because Suzanne Collins, I mean, I think she did it in like two sentences, something like that. Um, and you get immediately what her world is about. And she, you know, there's not like a whole paragraph about it. It's like two sentences. It's super cuts. I mean, it's super clean. Like, you know, you could follow right. You know immediately what she's talking about. And I would suggest maybe trying to get as close to that as you can. Yeah. But really, your book needs to be more about the plot and the characters and not so much about the world building or the narration or anything like that. Really try to focus on the story, which, you you know, you have. Yeah. I just think that you need to make that more clear in the query letter. Yeah, you usually want three nice, punchy paragraphs. Yes. Just what, what your characters are after, what they need, what their problem is, what they're trying to do, how they're going to, you know, what they're facing and what they're, you know, all that type of stuff. You just nail it in there. The stakes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because, um, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Just basically what you were saying, the stakes. You just, you put it in there. It's got to be real tight, you know, two, three hundred. Yeah nice and neat they they don't want to read this long 700 page thing which is okay i understand what you're going for you know yeah and i wrote query letters similar to that in the beginning too where i tried to sell my book by this laundry list of stuff that they don't really give a crap about to be fair um yeah and then and, in the and pages they, with the omniscient yeah. with the omniscient point of view you can still be omniscient and not technically be in somebody's head but even something in don't kill me if I'm wrong, but the Lord of the Rings is a bit of omniscient where it jumps mm -hmm. between the hobbits, but you still get the thoughts of Merry, Pippin, Frodo, Sam. You still see what they think about what's happening around them. Yes. And that's very important, even with an omniscient, third omniscient point of view.
sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking because that internal, that monologue, the introspection, that's what's connecting your reader to the yes. character. Otherwise, we're just watching them do stuff and that can get kind of boring. It's Very hard boring. to relate. Yes. Yeah, so. so they can do action. They can do this. They can walk here. They can run from a monster. But you don't give a shit unless you hear the character's inner voice and connect with them somehow. Yes. So yes, that's very we, important. Yes. We want to know why they're doing the things they're doing. Why yes. are they doing this? They have to have some sort of connection to their purpose, like their reason as to why they're going on to this journey, basically. Yeah. Um, and when you don't have that, it's just hard to to relate, like we said. And, and I didn't in my first book. I had Same. zero introspection. <laughs> Same. I, I may have had one or two italicized lines here or there. And other than that, I had nothing. Like, it was garbage. But, you know, my, my writing was terrible back then. Live and learn. We lived yeah. and learned, right? We know now. Now we know. Yeah. And we get on each other like, uh, you need more internal, you need some more introspection here, bro. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, and he's exactly. telling me, like, what is she thinking? You know, like, we do that exactly. for each other. Yeah, exactly. Because it's hard. It's hard when you're trying to world build as well and then adding all that into it. So we definitely get it, Jack. Um, oh, yeah. I just, I definitely feel like, you know, maybe just clean up that query letter, going back, make sure those chapters are clear as to who those characters that the reader's going to be reading about. But yeah, um, I think. But one quick note is mm -hmm. I thought it was cool as fuck. I honestly did, but you just gotta just. It sounded cool, man. Honestly, yes. you just got to tighten that shit up. And you'll be you'll be good. So. I mean, honestly, I was thinking the same thing because we both love yeah. fantasy. So okay. when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is cool. But it just it just needs. Yeah, it just yeah. needs to be cleaned up Tightened. a little bit. Yeah. Tighten it up. And you probably by tightening could probably um, uh, bring down that word count. If you go mm -hmm. through and uh, tighten up some of your chapters, you probably will bring it down a little bit. And and, um, and then don't forget, like I always say, you definitely need a hook. Um, and that was one thing I wanted to say too, is I didn't see a hook in your query. What's the thing that's going to grab that agent and be like, oh, I need this. I need to read this. And yeah. I'm sure you have one. It's just a matter of finding it and putting it together. Yeah. So um, one thing I will say is you in the at the very top of the page of your query letter, and this is just um, my own preference, as I think it's good for you to go in and start with that hook, tell them the genre, tell them the word count, give the comps, and then go right into the query. Because I just think it'll help establish the agent to kind of sort of get ready to place them into your story before they start reading. So yeah. that's just another thing to do. Uh, that's totally, I think, a preference thing. So it's up to you how you want to do it. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that was great. Thank you so much, um, Jack, for saying this to us. Um, I hope that our yeah. critique was helpful. Um, and um, you didn't send me where we could find you on social media. But if you want to message um, us on Instagram or, or Twitter, um, or leave a comment on one of our posts and we will share where our listeners can find you on social media. So um, yeah, so that's great. Um, and of course, always reach out to us when you get that agent um, because we will celebrate with you. So absolutely. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to get our special guest ready. So probably going to blip out here for just a second. Hey, writer friends. We know our podcast title is the start of a good joke. 
So send us your best writing joke at twowritersinabar at gmail.com and we'll tell it on air. And don't forget to tell us where we can find you on social media so we can share it with all our listeners. Let's have a good laugh while we wait in the query trenches. Now back to the show. Okay. Nice. All right. See, she's going to be here. Hey! <laughs> Welcome! Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, hey, everybody. This is Courtney, and she is one of the hosts of the Ticket to Ride podcast. Do you want to explain a little bit of what your, your guys' podcast is about? So, uh, I co-host uh, Ticket to Ride with my friend Blair. Uh, we've been doing it for a few years now. We're on season four, and it just started because we would get together once a month um, back when she lived nearby. We would get together once a month to have a movie night, and we would pick generally an older movie, and then we would talk about it afterwards, and we always had such fun doing that. We were like, well, why don't we try recording it and <laughs> see what happens? So uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> It's such a fun podcast. I love listening to you guys. By the way, this is Ken. <laughs> Ken, this Hi. is Courtney. <laughs> nice to meet you. She's Hi, an aspiring nice writer. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, so we oh, thank you so much for coming on board. Um, when I wanted to talk story structures, I literally was like, the first person I thought of was you. And um, I thought, you know, we, we all love movies. I know Ken likes movies too. We talk about movies sometimes on here. And I just mm -hmm. thought she'd be the perfect person to talk about story structures and how they are in movies and books and why we need them. Um, <laughs> yep. So I just, yeah. I, I did a quick little Google search and there's a lot of story structures out there. I know when I first started writing, um, I had no idea of a story structure. Like literally I knew nothing. And when I finished my book, I was like, but there has to be like some sort of formula or something that I can follow because, you know, I'm just kind of just writing out here, just, you know, willy-nilly writing whatever and uh, found like you know there's the hero's journey the snowflake method there's the freight tag um, the three-act structure uh, save mm -hmm. the cat um, and these are pretty popular um, so I want to ask you guys I want to ask you Courtney are you a plotter or are you a pantser I am very much a plotter okay um, I use save the cat <laughs> Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, I get really detailed with it, but I don't necessarily like say I have to stick to it. It's not set in stone. If I get an idea halfway through, that's better then I'll just throw that in and fix it the rest that's of the way. Perfect. But yeah, I, def I have to know what's going to happen in the beginning, the middle and the end before I can even start. Yes. I, I'm kind of the same way too. Ken is in the opposite spectrum. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, you know I have what? no idea. <laughs> That's how I yeah. feel too about you, Ken. I'm like, I don't know how he does yeah. it. But I will say while I was researching structures, like story structures, um, whether you're a plotter or like us or a pantser like Ken, you still have to have a story structure no matter what. Like you, mm -hmm. you still have to have, um, and most stories follow the three act structure, which is the setup, the uh, confrontation and the resolution, which can, even if you're not even a plotter, you already have those things. You know yeah. what I mean? Just yeah. by, and we've talked, Ken and I have talked about this in the past, where just by being a reader, we understand how story, how story is told and what it needs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I also do Save the yeah. Cat. Um, I just recently actually bought the Save the Cat Writes a Young Adult. Um, so I'm looking forward oh, to really? I have 
Yeah. I just bought it. I um, haven't even dived into it yet, but it's the same lady okay. that wrote the other one. But mm -hmm. um, the, save the, the save the cat method is actually, I found that Disney, Disney follows that structure and all their movies. And if you watch uh -huh. the cartoons and movies, you definitely, I can point out each beat as I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, they, they follow that yeah. structure. And in fact, I think I read somewhere like if your book is the Save the Cat method, they have a higher chance of probably picking up your book, the Disney press, whatever, um, their Disney publication, whatever. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bad um, habit that you pick up too, because now I can't watch anything without picking out <laughs> at least a few of the story beats. And I just, I just stopped trying to stop myself. So, so I'm the same way because I, and I, you know, even watching, um, what was I watching? I don't remember. I think it was, um, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. But I, yeah, because uh, um, Suicide Squad also did it. Um, mm. but my favorite beat is the, um, the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite beat. But anyway, <laughs> and I can always point it out when it comes. I'm like, Oh, it's the dark night of the soul. It's coming up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to talk about, okay. So one, when we think hero's journey, what's the first book or movie that you think of? Oh boy. Star Wars, okay. That's the first. Luke Skywalker is the first that comes to mind. Yeah, I always think of The Hobbit. Yeah. The Hobbit is a good one. Um, I almost said The Hobbit, but then my next one I always would think of is um, the Alana series by Tamara Pierce. Okay. I haven't read that one. It's I've got, heard of it. Start. It came out, it started coming out in the 80s, I think. I remember reading okay. all of them in middle school. Um, oh, and it's about... It's like a medieval magical setting and it's about a girl who switches places with her twin brother and she pretends to be him and so she can go train to be a knight and he pretends to be her so he can go to school. Oh, oh that's nice. cool. Yeah. That's cool. And that follows the hero's journey. Okay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. the hero's journey is all about uh presenting the character with um a choice of some sort, right? To go on some journey. And we kind mm -hmm. of watch the hero um, you know decline it they always have to decline it like say like no i'm not going to do it and then something happens to where force them to yeah they get forced yeah. and they have to do it so yeah. i know i looked up i think harry potter star wars um the hobbit those are all mm -hmm. big um big movies that follow the hero's journey um which i mean i always thought it was more of a dated um structure because I, maybe because I write in the YA genre, you don't mm -hmm. see too much of the hero's journey in um, YA. And I can't think of, I mean, that current, like, I'm sorry, that's current. Yeah. YA. Yeah. In the past, for sure. There have been, there, yes. but like Harry mm -hmm. Potter, of course. Right. But, yeah. But yeah. She, she wrote that yeah. in, I think, 97. Or was it yeah. 99? Yeah. That ain't that. current no more. Yes. We're old. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Just kidding. Hey, my bad. Just I'm old. I'm old. My bad. Yeah, now it's more. There's a lot of like the reluctant hero in YA. I yes. Feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the reluctant hero. There's more. Uh, what do you call those um, tropes? They rely yeah. heavily on tropes, right? All to, about the to, tropes. 
to kind of sell the story. It's like I've seen mm -hmm. where they advertise their book and it's like the one bed trope, the enemy to lover trope and all these different shows, which I think is fantastic. I, I love it. Yeah. Some of those are my favorite. <laughs> the one bed trope was just superior. I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> Anyway, so what do you guys think about story structure? Um, Ken, do you feel like you follow a story structure or are you just, nope, are you for it? Are you it. against it? Are you, I, what are I, your of thoughts? course you, you're, of course you got to be for it a little bit, right? I mean, you got to have a little bit of structure in there or else it, it gets into this weird, you know, Kafka-esque dream of nightmare of story, whatever. But so you have to follow beats. You have to kind of follow that structure, but. I don't intentionally kind of do it. I mean, I just kind of wing it, I guess. Yeah. You know? Just I just throw it, and it usually ends up falling into different genres or tropes or, you know, different tropes or story structures in the end. So eventually. you don't, you don't, you when you're writing, you're not steering your story? Like, do you guys, like, Courtney, not do you all. steer your story into, like, that? Well, yeah, I guess so, because you're a plotter, right? Yeah. Like, I steer into the the beats like save the cat beats but i don't necessarily go in thinking i'm gonna do a hero's journey or i'm gonna do oh, another okay. different type of structure like one of my favorite structures that i've not written yet but i want to is a monster in the house a monster in the house okay i haven't heard that one monster in the house yeah so it's really simple there's you have a house and a monster and you have people in the house and they have to somehow defeat the monster and that's ah, monster okay. and so that could be anything from like alien from 1979 that could be the shining um haunting oh, of hill okay. house even the christmas carol can fall under a uh, monster in oh. the house and so i've always wanted to write one but i haven't gotten around to it because i don't sit and think to myself oh i'm definitely going to do that this time i kind of just let that part of it develop more naturally yeah, right gotcha yeah, no, that does make sense. But I love that. I, I love that. I've never heard of that before. That was one that didn't come up on my list. <laughs> that one's more closely associated with film. Um, okay. Like the original, uh, what's his name? Snyder, who wrote the original um, Save the Cat. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jessica Brody picked it up and reworked it for novels. So he has like um, a whole list of different story types that are more common in film. And um, Monster in the House is like number one. Okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> I feel like maybe your new novel that you're writing could be something like that, Ken. <laughs> or the idea that you were talked about, maybe. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wonder if Jaws, does Jaws fall into that category? Technically, you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Is that technically Monster in the House? Oh, I think so. I want to say it counts. Because I heard yeah, somebody say that open water fail. counts. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you don't yeah. actually need a house, but you need right. a, a space yeah. where the monster is. A space is where you're stuck or... with the monster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that makes cool. so much sense. Yeah, that is cool. I kind of like yeah. that idea now. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's not a lot of books with that, you know, in it that I can think of right off. You know, there's always, you know, there, there may be a house and they may be a monster in there, but they're free to roam the city. You know, they're not usually trapped in there. So. That could be pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, right. Jurassic Park could technically be it because they're trapped in the park. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Michael Crichton, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, that man, that movie yeah. was so scary. Oh my god, I remember being like <laughs> watching that terrified in the theaters. Like I oh my god. <laughs> yeah, those raptors. <laughs> oh, the T Rex when he attacks the kids in the Jeep. 
always yeah. freaked me out with all the glass. Oh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> yeah. But, I would have uh, died. <laughs> I would have died right there. That no, was my no. favorite movie as a kid. Oh, I don't know why. Really? Nice. <laughs> the special well, effects were so damn good, though. Like, it was awesome for, what was it, 93? Yeah. Well, the concept. Yeah. I mean, bringing dinosaurs back into, like, today's age. I mean, come on. Like, that's oh, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's, I mean, I, well, I've never heard of that. So I really love that idea. Um, I like, I got me thinking now, girl, you definitely got me thinking. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, how can I do that? That's pretty fun. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I write too, too. Um, I, I think I have too much in a box or something. I always think it about mm-hmm. each um, beat as I write. Um, and I, but I'm one of those people that needs structure. So maybe that's why I'm such a plotter. Like I yeah. need structure and everything in my life. So I rely pretty heavily. Um, but I do allow for some, um, you know, for some things to kind of happen organically, like you were saying. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I end up always doing the found family trope. Like oh, every book, yeah. I always do found family. I just can't. I was adopted as a kid. So I think it's ingrained into me to write that found family. Like I just can't get away from it. I think I everything I've written family. is it. Yeah, me too. Found family is fantastic. I I'm love that show. Yeah. Like you know, you've read all my books. Like every single one, it's found family. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get away from it. I love it. It's my favorite trope of all. Could be like a trademark. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, tropes are really fun. I mean, tropes like um, I, you know what? I don't know if I have tropes in my in my stories. That's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you, you can find some. Do I? I, I don't some. know. Look at oh, yeah. I can. Do I? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I bet you could find some. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Courtney, you so you and Ken. Well, Ken's um, has a couple stories uh, published. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to give you guys a chance to talk about Courtney has a book um, coming out Halloween. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Halloween. Yes. Okay. Nice. Um, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Do you mind? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug. Yes. Sure. Um, so this is going to be, I've had a short story published before uh, a few years ago. It was a mystery thriller, which I don't write normally. And that was, I think a fluke, but it worked out. Um, and so now I have my debut novel coming out on Halloween. It's called To Kiss the Sea. And it is essentially a uh, fairy tale retelling inspired by The Little Mermaid. But it's uh, twisted a little bit. And it's also set in a uh, queer normative society. Nice. Okay. Yes. Nice. That sounds great. Uh, we'll have to have you back so you can talk about when we're closer to That's your cool. release date. Yeah. Sounds really yeah. neat. And will where will they be able to find your book on any? Um, yeah, any, it'll definitely be on Amazon, and then it'll be through um, anywhere that I can order through Ingram. So that like um, bookstores, Barnes and Noble, libraries, libraries can order it if you want to do it that way. Um, as long as it's on Ingram Spark, basically any bookstore can order it. So perfect. Perfect. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you follow a story structure in that? Can you talk about the story structure on that book? Or, or can you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely as all the beats for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as story structure, since I'm playing off of an existing, you know, not just the Little Mermaid of the fairy tale, but also looking at mermaid myths from all over the world. 
um, because it's always been one of my favorites mist uh, just in general and it's one of the only ones that you can find a mermaid myth or legend or fairy tale folk tale on every continent um they don't even have to be near an ocean there are freshwater mermaids what? where i grew up in north carolina there is a place in the mountains nowhere near the ocean where there is a local story about a mermaid that lives mm-hmm. in the river so nice. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> wow that's cool actually so, <laughs> Yeah, so you can find those stories everywhere. And so I tried to pull from different places and see what was similar, what wasn't, and then kind of throw my own stuff in that I was trying to also make up. Um, so it's definitely more of a reluctant hero story, I would say, because the main character mm-hmm. is not, you know, a chosen one. She's not um, someone who's a fighter or anything like that. She's had a relatively comfortable life, but she has severe aquaphobia and she lives on an island. So she's literally oh never God. left this oh, one wow. island. <laughs> oh, you um, really, man, you really did it to her. <laughs> her character. <laughs> it's okay. It's character development. Yeah, she'll so. be all right. She'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Um, and then the the inciting incident that force is going to force her to have to leave the island for the first time that kind of yes. flows into that reluctant hero because now she's got a very short window to like even get near the water without having a panic attack so right yeah that's awesome. oh that sounds great and it sounds good that you got some you have a lot of um representation sounds like mm-hmm. right yeah no that sounds great well i'm happy oh, to yeah. hear it yeah uh, and we'll, you. um and we'll have you back so we could talk about that and go a little bit more in depth of um the book like what the plot is i know right now we're just little teaser guys little teaser <laughs> <laughs> uh, let our listeners know where our where they can find you on social media yeah absolutely so um the podcast is at ticket to ride pod um, that's Blair and mine's podcast page, which is I'm in charge of and I'm not doing a good job of updating lately, but <laughs> that's because I've been elbow deep in book stuff. Um, but, and then my page is at CC writer underscore. I hate that underscore, but CC writer was taken and the person who has it literally hasn't posted in years. And I, every, every time uh, I think about it, I'm like, just give me the, yeah. without the underscore, but <laughs> Yeah, I oh, know. That's so crazy, huh? It's too bad. Like, you think that they would kind of like, I don't know, clean up some of those old accounts, but what are you going to do? <laughs> so, yeah. Although I'm yeah. thinking about, I might, I'm actually thinking I might change it. I love my handle a lot, um, but I am looking at, you know, will it be easier for people? Because I write under CH Carter. So I'm wondering if it'll be easier oh, yes. for people to find me if I change it to that. So I've been toying around with that I, but yeah i think so i think that'd be good that when they see your name in the book that's where they're going to go that's the first thing they're going to search up right on social media but for yeah. now you guys can find it under cc writer underscore on instagram that's instagram right yeah on instagram yeah are you on twitter or threads or just i instagram? was on twitter but i kind of gave that up <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. A little too toxic. Um, and I have not joined Threads yet. It's on my to-do list to check it out, but I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been, okay. like I said, I've been elbow deep in uh, formatting the last several weeks. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's so many, so many social media things out there. We're on like, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do threads. Like I can barely even keep up with the social media we have. <laughs> and I, I'm wrote awesome. an, exactly. I, 
I started the Reddit account also uh, at Two Riders oh, Walk okay. Bar. So. Oh, oh, okay, gosh. great. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. All right, yeah. good. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's hard. Like I've been slacking on my own personal Instagram because, you know, working full time trying to do mm-hmm. this with my family yeah. you guys know it's just it's like by the time i get home like the last thing i want to do is post on instagram or you know any social media but i have to right but sometimes <laughs> i forget so <laughs> yeah but yeah, anyway yeah yeah so um was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about story structure that you maybe want our listeners to know what do they need to know um why is it important for stories to have a structure do you want to go first you want me to go first (laughs) go 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 ahead Courtney um I just well the more I've learned about it especially doing the podcast with Blair and the more we dive into film in general um Mm -hmm. and comparing even films to films that came from books or you know you have the uh, dramatized novels that are written based on films and knowing the different structures, whether or not you're a writer or not, also kind of helps you find the things you enjoy the most. Same with like the yep. tropes. Like, you know, you love the one bed trope, Angela. Yes. You know, you can look <laughs> up anything with that and you have a whole reading list. And it's kind of the right. same thing with film too. You can look up, you know, the different types of things, whether it's, you know, some of my other favorite ones are um, Out of the Bottle is another one from Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically... Um, anything like Freaky Friday or Jumanji or something like that, where you started in the regular world and then something completely crazy happens, pops out of the bottle. Um, Or I'm trying to think of another one that I think a lot of people would recognize something like, um, Oh, there's one that's called dude with a problem. And of course it doesn't have to be a dude. Right. But, but historically for a while it was. So like dude with a problem would be like uh, die hard or um sleeping with the enemy or something like that so yeah um yeah just knowing the story structure helps you to to find more things that you will most likely enjoy because you enjoy how that plays out right yeah, yeah because i i always think of the reader so what, what we try to do here on the podcast is try to reach out to maybe newer writers who are just getting getting into writing because that's mm-hmm. I, I i'm a little salty that i didn't know a lot when i first started <laughs> You know, like yes. wasted so much time. So I'm like, I really want to help you guys. Okay. Um, why yeah. it's important to have a story structure is it's really for your reader, right? Mm-hmm. Because your reader is going to, they're the ones that's following the story, following along. And without that structure, it's going to be boring. You know, the you're just not going to have all of the things that you need to make your story exciting, which is why it's important to have that inciting incident. It's important to have the climax, the dark night of the soul, the resolution, all of those things, because that's all part of what your readers, that's why they're reading. So um, when I first started, I had no structure because I didn't know that I needed a structure, but you definitely need structure in your in your book. Uh, without it, you're just kind of like, I don't know, writing out Salva, to... Salvador Dali painting on mushrooms or something that turns into some <laughs> wacky thing that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think so. That's probably a great, a great analogy. Thanks. But, yeah. Just melting clocks everywhere. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
yeah i mean your rate is gonna get lost and it's gonna be like where are we going with this like what's happening you know like where am i yeah plus those story structures those beats if you will uh readers already know what to expect they know what's gonna come and so you don't have that you're gonna piss off your reader Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're gonna make them mad. So you really yep. need to have some sort of structure. And even if like Ken is not a plotter, that's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I don't understand that, but that's okay. But yeah. he still has structure. You still have structure in your in yeah, your books. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And it just comes from I'm a voracious reader. I've watched tons of TV shows and movies. You kind of just get an idea of how to tell stories that way, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, but in the end, you know, if you're a plotter, I I wonder if Save the Cat might be better for a plotter to go down where besides my crazy mind trip that I do to write stuff. But you just kind of I'll keep it in here in your head and you kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I have no idea where anything's happening. (laughs) I don't know the ending. I don't know anything. I know the character and the kind of an idea. And I I know it's so crazy to me that you don't know the ending. Like, I'll never get over that. (laughs) I have no idea. No. Where it's go. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I know. That's one of the first things I write is the ending, and then I go oh, back really? and start over and build towards I it. I always, <laughs> yep, I always know the ending immediately. I know exactly how it's going to end because that's what the point that I need to get to. But <laughs> yeah, I have no but idea. That's so wild to me, Ken. That is so wild. I mean, yeah. I love it because I've read, I've read. Obviously, I'm a critique partner, so I've read his stuff, and he does. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets all of that. And he gets it all in, but I'm blown away that he doesn't know when he first starts writing. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where anything. And that, if that happen. works for people, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it definitely does. It's, I mean, it's fun because yeah. I have no idea where it's going to go. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I surprise mm-hmm. myself and get excited about it. You know. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, we're going here. Sweet. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of surprise going on. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but you know what? It works. He's right. It definitely works. <laughs> For me, All it right. works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, guys, if, listeners, if you're a newbie writer and you're listening and you're writing a new book and um, it, it, you're not understanding story structure, you know, you definitely there's lots out there. There's a lot mm-hmm. out there um, and just look up story structures, research the ones that you maybe um, are drawn to the most. Um, also listen to Courtney's podcast because you guys actually talk about movies and you kind of touch. I, I feel like you guys touch on that um, the story, breaking down the story structure in, in the movies that you guys talk about. Um, yeah, we do. So, yeah, so definitely, um, you know, if you have questions too, you know, always feel free to reach out to us on social media. We'll do our best to answer uh, what we can. Um, but I know I've, we've, um, are, we're running at 50 minutes here, so I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. I know you're on the East Coast, so I know it's late for you over there. <laughs> I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> but we were just so happy to have you, Courtney. We definitely want to have Absolutely. you back. We'll, we'll talk about your book that's coming out on Halloween. I love that. I freaking love Halloween. It's my favorite holidays, so I'll be down for that. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Maybe we'll come in and wear we'll wear costumes or something, and just I don't know. We'll make it fun. We'll have a cool. fun little podcast and and uh, talk about your book. And I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I love um, mermaids. They're kind of creepy to me. Um, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a big mermaid fan. I just think they're kind of creepy, but it's still fun. Um, I love, I love they're creepy. Mine are very creepy. I should warn you. Oh, good. Um, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I like the evil ones better. <laughs> 
These are not Disney mermaids. Oh, good. <laughs> well, to be fair, the mermaids in Peter Pan used to always trip me out when they were like trying to drown Wendy. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, we were only trying to drown her. I was like, mm, that's why I don't want you as my friend. <laughs> yeah. Like the old sirens mythology, too. The sirens. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's always that creepy mythology behind them. Oh, yeah. I love that. I live me for too. that. I love that. So, yeah. anyway, we oh, look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will definitely do a whole have... episode just on that. Oh, perfect. Well, we'll definitely yeah. plan that because I think it'll be fun. Thank you so much for being here. I know it's late. She's on the East Coast, guys. I'm on the West Coast. Um, Ken is somewhere in the middle. Mountain, mountain time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah, well, there you have it, you guys. Um, please follow, uh, give a follow to Ticket to Ride Podcast. Follow Courtney on Instagram under CC Writer underscore. Um, can mm -hmm. they add your book to, on um, Goodreads? Not is yet. That is okay. um, not yet. I'm going to get okay. the uh, everything will be set up in August. The pre-order I'm going to try to get okay. up in August and the Goodreads adding on there. All that'll be uh, good to go then. Perfect. Yeah. So cool. give her give yeah. a, a follow because you'll be able to learn, uh, find out when all that stuff comes available and, you know, get her book when it comes out because we're all about supporting everybody here. So we want to be as supportive and want to celebrate with everybody. So um, and also um Jack, thank you for sending in your query. We hope that our critique helped you out. And we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. All right? Bye. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really had fun. Thank you. That's it for today's episode, friends. We hope you learned something new today. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. Our YouTube episodes will upload on Thursdays, the day after the show airs, if you want to watch. And if you want your query letter and first three pages critiqued and read on air by us, send them to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com. Put query on air in the subject line. We will read them on a first come, first serve basis. Remember, we are here to help, inspire, and celebrate. Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast is produced by Bravo Media Group. 